to gear and beer. Pick up that beer, sir. Clank with me. Clank. Let's sip uh, superlatively. Oh, I'll do it for real. <laughs> Today's guest is Matt Krause from Columbus, Ohio. Matthew, thank you for joining. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking me. I uh, I know you're a busy man. We played music together for several hours yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Do it you remember fun. that? Yeah, I do. Do you remember yesterday? Most of yesterday. And being back to playing music is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Uh, you've been out on the road a little bit recently uh, with... Uh, um, remind me of the artist. The, it's a blonde woman, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, 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 Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts. That's right. Where were you guys at last? I'll, I'll Where know, were you guys? It, it was at? about a three and a half hour drive. Okay. Um, that's pretty much no. It actually was in uh, London, Kentucky. Okay, I was going to guess Kentucky or Alabama. So I started working with her probably three and a half years ago or so. The pandemic shut everything down. Then um, she's just getting back into it. So, um, so far, I've only done one show with her this year, and then I think we have a couple coming up later this year. And um, I think she's a month away from delivering her first baby, so that may. That could perhaps complicate the schedule. But I tell you, she is not only one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, um, those records, I mean, I remember, so I reminded her last time I saw her that we almost did a gig together around 2005. Her band leader at the time sent me all this, the songs or maybe mailed me a CD, sure. right? Yeah. I oh, charted wow. it. The old work tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Old, new work tapes. <laughs> charted everything out. And uh, they said, we're going to be going to Canada. And I was like, my passport is expired. Like, bro, we leave in like two weeks. You can't. There's no way. And they're like, we'll call you again. No big deal. And then, you know, fast forward, what, 13 years later or whatever. But after I got. years. Yeah. So it was her first CD. And then I think the the next one after that or something. So, but I so fell in love. Her first CD. Right. (laughs) first album whatever recording pressing uh <laughs> spotify playlist yeah her first ep eight track <laughs> something like that uh edison wheel and <laughs> i i fell in it was one of those like okay this is my work music this is what i listen to for enjoyment i i i held on to that Blurred the lines a little bit for you, did it? It, it did. Yeah. I didn't know who I was. I kept asking myself. I uh, love that. I, lo- I love great. the CD. And, and, and there's a lot of Chris Stapleton the, compositions on that. Oh, his his writing? His writing oh, on her copy. first record. Before what, what, Steel Driver days or pre-solo career stuff, presumably? Yeah. Yeah, like probably when his time was as songwriter- before doing a post thing. steel drivers yeah. pre mm-hmm. chris stapleton superstar mm-hmm. yep yep and you know it's like you ever that, checked out any of that steel driver stuff or not the, or so the johnson much. brothers not so much the yeah. johnson brothers is chris stapleton but it's like a it's like a swamp rock record 
It's pretty okay. cool. It's like it's a rock and roll record. Yeah. Jompson. J O M P S O N. So there are no CD stores anymore. Where can I find this? You can probably find it if uh, if you go to askjeeves.net. <laughs> the little the little um the little butler. The little butler or yeah. no. No, no, I, no, what about the the um the paperclip guy. What about him? Can I ask him? Oh, uh, Microsoft Office Help. Yeah, the help I believe icon. his name is Clippy. Clippy, that yeah. little bitch. Clippy, you little <laughs> You bitch. no help. See, how much beer have I had? Uh, I don't know. It looks like a, almost three or four whole sips. <laughs> and what is this, by the way? Because this is awesome. That is the Founders Breakfast Stout. Oh, it is a Founders. Okay. Yeah. Knew it by the color. It's a great beer. That's a Dallas beer glass, Lakewood Brewing. It's actually a Garland, Texas beer where I am from. So I told you guys, I am no cook. I can cook breakfast eggs. I, I And I love breakfast so much. I could eat it three times, or I could consume it three all day long. And so this Without adds, stopping? Without, <laughs> binge and purge? It's like a bam-bam all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, the beer is it falls in that category, right? Yeah. I could close it. I could close with this. That's true. Yeah. It is a breakfast stout for dinner's dessert. Oh, man. Mind blown. Dinner's dessert. Is, is that, that is that just dessert? Well, can you not have dessert for lunch? Yeah, go, we, back, to, we, we, go back to Russia, man. I can't see if Boo's <laughs> over there or not, but... I'm here. <laughs> Boo and I went to lunch earlier today, and we pondered dessert. We passed, but we pondered dessert at lunch. It was actually breakfast for me. It was the first time I ate today. I think that was true for all of us. Mm-hmm. But um, so then, if that's if dessert only comes after dinner, what do you call dessert after lunch? American. American. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like there's a guy. I mean, if we're gonna if we're splitting hairs here, let's get them split correctly, right down the middle. I'd say <laughs> <laughs> that was brought to you by Founders Breakfast Stout. Yeah, this this deserves another another drink. No, uh, okay. So back to Julie. She's great. Um, killer band and um, and just I just. Uh, so many of her songs it's it's amazing how when you're a fan of the songs that you're playing how much more enjoyable it is 100 percent. yeah so yeah i'm in the same boat with the artist that i'm playing for friend of mine i also write with um and the music is the music is like real it's like real songs by people who care about writing good songs and he writes with a bunch of amazing writers as well um and then we do some songs that he wrote by himself and you know some songs that we just he and i wrote and some songs he and i and billy freeman all put together we did a, a yeah. little ep for him dan smalley yeah for, dan smalley is that artist yeah i apologize for listeners and for viewers because i didn't say it at all but um it's a very small bug that just flew through here well, and 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 the the other road thing that may take me out of Nashville this year is the frontman group. Do you know about that? Uh, yeah, that's with uh, Tim Rushlow and I forget who else. Larry Stewart and Richie McDonald. Okay. 
So in that, you just did that recently too, didn't you not? Yeah. And so, then what's the, uh, Tim came and uh, sat in on one of the wild horse gigs that I was not available. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, so that that's been going on. That's been coming together for a while. Uh, just a three piece backup band for now. Link Denton, R.K. Brown. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing R.K. was out on that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I don't know Link. Okay, Link's been kind of the band guitar leader. player. Yeah, okay. super great. The name sounds familiar, but I th- I feel like I'm maybe thinking of a Dallas guy, but I can't think of who that is either. Not so. too many people named Link. Yeah, but so I just I probably yeah. just don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. Well, so Link, Link's this is interesting. So you know, Link's been off and on, on and off the road, uh, working with Jeff Cook and doing some stuff with Restless Heart in the past. Yeah, and then he wanted to start his own production company, and it was. Um, I think the legends of country. So we did a couple of different things. We did one with uh, just uh, Richie and Larry together. So, you know, we're doing restless hard stuff and Lone Star uh, songs. And then we did one with just Tim and then they put together this front men of country thing. So it's kind of morphed into that. But then we did another thing. Uh, and they all presumably like to sing harmony with each other. And they do do the vocal band stuff when necessary. And, yeah, and they're that's all cool. playing guitar. Richie switches between guitar and keyboards. But that's all well and good, but you have lead singers doing their thing. So I don't know if this is of interest, but as you know, when you're backing up a singer, it could go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it could be like they could be just dialed in, groove-wise, everything could just be. But more often than not, they're less connected to the same wavelength that the musicians are connected to as far totally. as how we create this whole environment, this groove, this this thing that is a very much supportive. And when right. they're kind of the quote unquote artist or as you know, from kind of the Nashville's point of view, um the boss on stage, you do whatever you can to make it work right. best you can sure uh sometimes they make it easy sometimes they yeah don't. for better or for worse you follow the singer to again for better or for worse yeah i was in a situation recently where it was like there was some question and then somebody who didn't know what they were doing tried to like take the reins and then they just they did the stop thing and so everybody stopped and and then he was like yeah i was like what do you mean keep going you just stopped everybody yeah. you just gave us the stop cue the yeah. international cue for and stop <laughs> at the very least i mean to to his credit i guess it could have easily been a diamond i guess but it it seemed like a stop so everybody stopped yeah. my favorite is when you get the band leader who just starts the song yeah and then looks around at everybody like y'all know this one right and then yeah. like there's no there's no count in it's just like i'm just gonna start playing on my acoustic well i told the guy recently uh on <laughs> i said uh it's like hey man uh quit stealing all my sig licks he's like what i was like you can't just start every song in the first verse i worked really long <laughs> hard to memorize all these licks and 100%. damn it i'm going to play them yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh also i'm talking right now so that um we can do an easy cut. Uh, I want to fix your mic real quick. It needs to face you directionally. I'm not even going to stop filming. I can do that. We'll just take a second. Just like this. So you you know no. um, oh. you you want the uh, that uh, Audio Technica label to be facing oh. you. That's more my fault. 
I just uh, I just now realized it. Way to go, Matt. Don't you know anything Get about mics? Get together, bro. You know what? Not that really. Much better. That actually sounds way better hey, in hey, my hey, ears hey. immediately. All right. That'll just be... Uh, I'm going to put a marker in there for yeah, you. Yeah, that's cool. I can just uh, do it. Doobie, doobie, doobie. Drop it down to a separate EQ situation. Oh, yeah, man. Cool, cool, cool. Wow. That's yeah. great. I didn't even notice that. I should have noticed that. Hey, hey, I hey. I can very clearly see that. Hey, you hey, should hey, have. hey. Unforgivable. So, <laughs> by the way, Lyndon McCarty over here twisting and tweaking, and special guest uh, Boo Massey, episode one fame, <laughs> hanging out over on the couch, helping us drink this beer on this Gear and Beer podcast. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. Uh, you're you're here from, because uh, he has you had no foresight. place else to stay, and I rescued you off the street. <laughs> Pretty much. The first thing that I've ever actually been able to do for you. Everything else is you doing for me. So I just figured I'd help you out this one time when you were in in your time of need. Appreciate it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is just, we're off to a great start, guys. I agree. Well, whatever, man. This is, uh, this is real. What but, I am trying to present to the people is the musicians' conversations, like... This is a little bit formal, but it's in general the conversation we've been having while eating dinner, and that's kind of Lyndon and I talked about it initially before we started. That was kind of the deal with like, I'll make dinner, come over, eat dinner, get the conversation started. We come up here, and there's like a a, a rapport has been developed between people who often have not met each other. It works very well, well and dinner did, was slamming. Oh my yeah, dude. oh man, super good. Tacos super good. at Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. <laughs> that's the that's how the that's the original goes. copy. You're gonna go with that? I, that, that yeah, that's not the original. Oh no, it's it's in stone. Yeah, it's on every. I made you that, worked that. You reworked it. That is our it. only sponsor currently. Is me. Hey man, <laughs> can Bobby you imagine Jan's if you kitchen. lost? Can you imagine if you lost that sponsor? I can't. It would make a a very arduous process. The uh, question your, impossible. Yeah. Question everything. Uh, no, I do. Uh, Lyndon and I are always in here picking at things, and uh, security, aka my lovely lady, uh, is always like, "Why can't you guys just do this? It looks fine. It sounds fine. Shut up!" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It sounds fine for people who don't know what they're doing, but as a professional musician, as professional musicians, shouldn't this sound okay? And just reviewing the f- the five that have been released at this point, uh, and I apologize that I've got number twelve on on the tape before I can even get six of them out. But it, you know, I, I want it to I want it to be as good of a product as I can put out there. Well, I think it's really important though this idea of you know it's got to be perfect before we do anything, and a lot of people use that as a crutch, especially sure. when you have if you have a creative- and I did that. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. admitting that I, I've totally yeah. done that. Yeah, but like, uh, I mean, as as I learned when I moved here 20 years ago, thinking, man, I'm going to move to a professional town where people they they learn their shit and they show up to the gig prepared, and you show up all, you know, right? Exactly. You're laughing. So, <laughs> case in point, we come from. Te- well, I assume you also do, but. The three of us definitely come from a place where if you don't know your shit, you are going to get fired. Yeah, the, the first time. There is way more yeah. talent ready and way less work than especially the Broadway that we know today, mm-hmm. which is totally different from the one we know three years ago. Yeah, even. yeah. But yeah. the 
the amount of good there's plenty of work in Dallas and I'm sorry to have stopped no no yeah but there's plenty of work in Dallas the the ceiling is pretty low because there's a few like very corporate wedding band scenarios where you can make great scratch but you're playing in a heavy track environment yeah and it's the same show it's you're, you're basically pressing play and then your contract ends and play is done and you go home yeah now you don't you've got people setting up all your gear and all you have to do is show up and eat a dallas catering mm-hmm. yeah yeah a lot of corporate band stuff but you're often having to wear a tuxedo or a suit and you're playing the same you know uptown funk into whitney houston i want to dance with somebody tracks yeah every night everything tracked out and then there's like 11 people on stage playing those same parts over the top and oftentimes they get lazy because their parts are in the tracks so they're just kind of like in and out where they remember you're you're describing a cruise ship oh okay i see i didn't do the cruise ship thing did you either you guys i did yeah um, I did you ever one, done that? one time in the, the stage band or whatever the, you know, uh, and then one time is uh jazz quartet. The jazz quartet thing was pretty tight. Can you give me more boo in our ears? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going what to, what I was kind of alluding to. I can't hear him breathe. <laughs> what I was alluding to was this idea of putting out putting something out getting started with a project before it's done and just going just 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 putting it out there and i've i've got some extremely talented friends that tend to just find ways to put things off before they start that band start that recording project um, or whatever it is if if it's not even not not music related because sure. we always kind of put things in front of us and I, you know i'm i'm still trying to um I'm trying to unpack that um, f- partly for myself, but p- but partly for me to understand the creatives that I work with. Sure. So if I'm because those are the people that keep me busy as a drummer, as uh, mostly a sideman, as mostly someone that is there providing something for someone's vision. Um, I have, especially during COVID, spent more time writing than I had in years and doing things. And, you know, I don't know if anybody will ever hear it, but it still is like that. That's an important part of what I uh, of calling myself a musician. But at the same time, where I work, where I make my living is being is playing a supportive role. Sure. And so when I first moved to town thinking everybody was professional, I would lose my shit when a songwriter mm-hmm. just forgot to send me their cassette, t- you know, or, or showed up late or did this or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that. I can't give, I can't give any, I can't give any slack to that. It's like, do you want me to show up and do a good job for you? Yeah. Cool. Get me the damn songs. Yeah. In a timely manner. Even if that's only three days, if you, if you day before me, you're yeah. you're asking for it. Okay, but so with, you're uh, setting yourself up. Right. Uh, that's self sabotage. It is. It is. But people won't work with you if you do that. Anybody worth their weight. So you're saying? So, so let me back up. If if you don't show up, if you're the songwriter and you don't provide what you promised. To the musicians or the people that back up, that they won't. Co- what I'm thinking is, as the person that, as the musician, 
that is working for the artist or for the creatives or whatever in a session or whatever, like if if they don't do everything that they say they're going to do, how do I handle the situation gracefully? How do I extend grace to the creatives in my life that provide work for me? Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but grace is... Not sabotaging myself. Well, grace is not for the chronological habitual abuser either. And that's where I find myself frustrated. Forget something once, whatever, no big deal. I forget things all the time. But consistently do the same thing that hinders the whole operation. Bad communication, inability to get the very minimal information out in a timely manner is unacceptable. No, you're right. At this level, at the level that I feel like people should be held to that are calling themselves artists people who are signed to record labels i don't care how big or how small anyone who's in a touring operation if you are a cover band and you are touring let people know when they're leaving give them plenty of notice so they can make arrangements and their schedule and fill it accordingly and not be at your mercy because you are too lazy to put it together or even worse and i've seen it before you are a manipulating controller and are trying to keep people from having opportunities so that they're forced to be at at your you know yeah yeah no i think that once that's established and, and you see that there's a pattern or there's something that's just not cool with this person then that's what that's the only then, time i find myself frustrated yeah then habitual then, offenders right then you can you know I, I i do have enough respect for myself and my time and the, my loved ones uh, who need my energy uh, to be like, I'm, I'm not, do- I'm not working with this person anymore. And I, I guess I just misunderstood you. I, I, I jumped the gun there because it sounded like no. you were saying, for like, people making mistakes every now and then, show them grace. And I completely agree with that because you know, but as there's someone a who limit, plays with me but l- right. weekly, but I make mistakes every single week, and hopefully that's not enough to get me fired was it like this microphone being placed wrong that's one of the many mistakes i've made just today just like dinner being ready an hour late which it almost always is because i have no free time habitual i'm a habitual offender you know what i can go to hell (laughs) you'll probably be late (laughs) he's already late man you're like where is that robert i don't know why uh, devil has an english accent yeah yeah that's a it's kind of a Burns, slight Mr. Burns, like that yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. But it was also yeah. kind of British. I know. It's like a British Mr. Burns. It was almost Mrs. Doubtfire. I, don't, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire what? with Robert Williams from the 90s? All right, stop no. the podcast. No, I, I think I, I, Security! I, was, I was practicing <laughs> when that movie came. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's one of my... That's, that's a recurring line. Um, I... Without going into it too much, uh, I think that for me personally, that topic is a, is very poignant. After the past week, for me, an artist that I was playing with was, I mean, not like the most egregious of offenses, but was habitually um, kind of making the, the same mistake, uh, not kind of being lazy with fixing certain things. But there was another person on the gig who... Uh, had a problem with it, but never said anything to the artist. Mm-hmm. And then that person got 
really fed up with it and the the gig without going into a ton of detail just kind of exploded um and i i i personally even though i was not the person who exploded had to spend the next few days thinking like at what point do i say okay i'm better than this dealing with this on a day-to-day basis um and this person provides for me financially you know is has always been solid to me yeah and then at what point do i extend grace where's Mm -hmm. the line and like how can i better uh be a graceful person while also being like maybe you know give constructive criticism like we all kind of by not saying anything about the problems contributed to the problem yeah yeah for sure exactly the the not saying anything or not being willing to stand up for yourself and it's such a fine line it's hard Mm -hmm. to say like when you know i i always fall on the side of erring for caution and and not wanting to ruffle feathers but at a certain point like i am who i am i'm at this point in my life where i am and i only i I just my threshold is in a spot where i'm starting to like it, it feels it feels like sometimes that i'm just being uh i'm sorry for the fragmented sentence uh, it, it it feels like i maybe i'm being i'm asking too much on one hand but on the other hand it's like am i asking too much or am i just trying to stand up for myself and mm-hmm. the thousands well, and thousands you have of to hours. set you have to set a standard i mean that's kind of what i'm talking about it's like you you got to say okay i I hate being the person that's like, I've paid my dues. I, I mean, I think that there's just a lot of gray area with that whole thing. Well, eventually thing, but the, the, the floor rises. I mean, yeah, that's just, that's, but what I'm that's saying where is, the dues are. You don't, you don't lift yourself up without drawing a certain line. You if you have to say, I've paid my dues, the floor hasn't lifted you up. You're fighting whatever floor you're on right now. You need to shut your mouth and figure out how to get, how that floor will get you there. Right. You know, it's uh, I can't. Well, you have to make demands of yourself and and the others exactly. around you. Well, it, it all comes um, down right. to like time prioritization. I mean, honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like, am I? Is this worth the time that I spend doing it for? Whatever the dollars are, whether it's a lot, and so is the threshold for bullshit that you have to put up yeah. with, or you make a little bit of money, but it's really easy, and you only do it every. The now most again, simple you know? way that I've heard this put, and I, I think about this all the time. There's this trumpet player that went to North Texas for a second, but he lives in Chicago and has for a long time. His name's Sam Trump. Ben Bohorquez knows him. Okay. Um, Shout out to Ben. Really smart dude. Great player. One time uh, I was. I was talking to him about another artist that I was playing with, and he was like, look, man, you don't get what you want, you get what you're asked for. And uh, that really stuck with me. I mean, it doesn't just apply to like asking for money, it's what you ask of yourself. You don't get what you want for yourself, you get what you demand for yourself, you know? So it's like setting your self-worth, setting your standard for the worth of the people around you, and then ensuring that there's at least a bar for... What Essentially, as uh, for hippies, for putting it out into the universe, what you expect. Yeah, but you got to have grace too, man. I totally, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. because the if you without grace, what, what are, what are you worth? Like you're just crass. Sure, you, you have to be able to be understanding with other people's situations. Uh, uh, even as uh, because I'm old and uh, thoughts jettison <laughs> constantly uh, from my head, and it's hard for me to keep anything together except Star Wars quotes. <laughs> um, 
I can say that there's times that I can look back now on and see uh, history, this wonderful arc of someone that I knew 20 years ago and said, no, I want to do this. I'm like, yeah, but this gig, what about, nope, I don't want to play that music. I don't want to play there. I don't want to play with that person. I want to do this. I'm like, okay, but you know, there's opportunity to just work and it beats putting up drywall. This is your inner dialogue. This is me talking right uh, now. It, no, yeah, but <laughs> now this is actually outer dialogue. <laughs> no, no, no. So this, Jesus this is Christ. like no, no. This is not no. This is not inner dialogue. This is like a conversation I had with people that I've known here gotcha. in Nashville. Okay, my bad. Where they were like, I want to do this, and my response was, my response is, man, but no, but we have an opportunity to do this. Being like, I'm. I should I should work with whoever, whenever, and do whatever I can. Mm-hmm. And some of them said, this is my expectation of myself and my gig, and they do it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. And they made it work. Hmm. They, You know what I mean? They yeah. believed in themselves, and they told themselves, this is what I want to do. It might be temporary hardship, yeah. uh, but... You know what I'm saying? Like, well, exactly, and and like we've had guests on my podcast, which that, we'll get to. Oh, yeah, that that are like, man, I'm a dyed in the wool jazz bebop drummer, and this is what I want to do, and right. these are the people I want to play with, and I'm not going to do wedding gigs, but I'm not going to do pop gigs. That is a tough line of work these days. No, so we have those guests that are like way into this is what I want to do. This is how I want to. This is how I want to be a musician, right? Yeah. And uh, so with that comes certain, like you say, caveats, certain sacrifices that have to be made about maybe how they earn a living. Doesn't it, in the, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm stopping you now. Please can, can, please continue. No, what are you thinking? Well, so I'm like, I, I'm envious of that point of view, but like, I just don't I wonder if I identify because I have so many different things that I enjoy doing yeah and to have that mindset it seems like you're you have very narrow parameters for mm-hmm. what's acceptable mm-hmm. my my parameters are level of quality and uh you yeah. know compensation at this point like I want the other players to be as good as me and hopefully better. Mm-hmm. I want to be the shitty person in the band. Like I'm serious. I, I when I came, when I moved from Dallas, I went from being the youngest, shittiest player in the band to the oldest, best player in the band. Now that may not necessarily be true in all cases. My current Nashville situation is that I'm playing with plenty of old fogies, and they're all very good. But it's it's like my requirements are like dedication to whatever we're doing whether that's playing the stage rooftop in the middle of a a thursday uh in the morning Mm -hmm. and to 14 people or if it's playing in buckeye stadium to sixty thousand people yeah like the dedication should be the same yeah in my opinion yeah because the people that are showing up to do this are people who have spent time, hopefully, learning how to perform their instrument. Now, as you well know, downtown, that is not always the case. 
but people that take time to learn the music and le- understand the nuance of this art that somebody spent a lot of time creating uh, on a lot of different levels, from songwriting to producing, recording, performance of right. recording, all, right. all, all the different things as to well. entertaining the audience. And, and it's like wanting to do what you want to do is one thing. And like it's great to play like yourself and yeah. to have fun and to express yourself. But in almost all cases, as a professional musician, you're probably reproducing somebody else's art. So you have to start there. And then once you're doing that mm-hmm. and it feels good, if then you you have something to say of yourself that you think like is appropriate mm-hmm. contribution to the art. I love when dudes, so like the artist I play for, Dan Smalley, he and I are in the same boat in this regard and that's like i want to hear a good musician play like i want to hear what the song sounds like and i want it to i want people to be able to sing along like you know Hmm. that's important in vocal music when you perform it live people that are fans want to sing along so singing the song like it goes and having it mostly sound like itself is generally in your best interest and what the audience wants right but you can you can execute that while still like having musical conversations with each other and enjoying yourselves. And it always pays off because there's smiles on the stage, which look great in the crowd. And people don't think about that. The perfect example is like the most worn out cover done with passion and done with really great musicians you're like totally. man that was the best version of brown eyed girl i've ever heard of my or like somebody like <laughs> playing all the solos to sweet home alabama note for note and like yeah. learning the parts and that's a song that i don't ever want to hear or play again but when i play it i'm doing my damnedest to rep- reproduce yeah. all of the cool stuff that went into that song yeah. before it was yeah. beaten over everyone's head for right right years. right no no I, I i think what's just interesting is just taking stock of someone's vision and like meeting people like that, that, that really, that believe that, and that there's more than one way to do this. And then also, I feel like it's important, whether it's the way I live my life or it's music or it's, or it's my, my political point of view is when I see other people with an opposing point of view, because when it comes to music, you and I are on the same page. I get it. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with that. I mean, that, that's why I have friends that kind of, they have their lane, they do what they do musically, whatever. And they're like, man, how can you play some of these other gigs? I'm like, I'm having a fucking blast and it's kicking and it still kicks my ass and I'm making some good money and I'm meeting people and I'm doing other things as a result. This is my path. It's not yours. And don't do it if it's not yours. Totally. You know, don't show up if you don't want to do the gig because that ruins it for everybody uh, else. Lord, whatever that that gig is, if it's a church gig or if it's playing for Kenny Chesney at uh, the Super Bowl. Like, if you don't want to be well, there, Kenny do Chesney ever... at church. Oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah. dude. Kenny, Ch- How Kenny messed Chesney. Up is that? Kenny Chesney at Jimmy Buffett's church. Like, whatever, man. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, anything. Church of Margaritaville. Anything you say yes to, you should not be, you should not carry an attitude with that. You know, as unless as that you... attitude is, hell yes, let's do this. <laughs> That's not an attitude I want to hear. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I don't know where this all started, but I mean, so there's all these, different I, don't know, ways. Man. I think it's because I, th- I think it's just all the different people that I've had on the podcast have taught me so much about 
myself and like why I do what I do. So working my, drummer, you notice podcast. yourself and other people. Yeah. So, uh, and I would like to talk about this. I don't mean to stop you down, but we'll come back to it. Working drummer podcast. Go ahead. Sorry. Working drummer podcast. Working drummer podcast. Working drummer podcast. Working drummer podcast. Everyone together. <laughs> There'll be links in all descriptions on all podcasts. So, uh, so, okay. So Mike, I, I say co-host and you guys were like, wait, you do this together? And it's like, no, no. So I do two a month. He does two a month. So every week we have an episode put out and it doesn't completely crush our time and our schedule and we can concentrate on playing gigs and he teaches some and he's in Atlanta does he have children like you? No, nope, he does not. So he's he got a little more time. He's, he's got a, our time consumed. He's got a dog and and a wife with a great job, and and he's got students. But he's a, an incredible Zach about an incredible drummer. Uh, just covers a wide range of styles. Has has been living in Atlanta for six years. From L.A., where I mean, lived in L.A. for about six years. Uh, studied in Kansas City. From New Mexico. Blah blah blah. So you know, just like has an amazing skill set. Uh, COVID has kind of upended some things. He's getting back into working with a handful of uh, bands. But he recently came to Nashville for an audition. And I think he was, you know, a handful of drummers. And there was just kind of an inside thing that, you know, uh, he, he so he, he ends up showing up. And, uh, and I asked him, because it was just a rare time he was in town. And I said, well, how'd it go, man? He goes, it went really well. I played like myself. And there were smiles, and it was all good. And he told me that before. He goes, "I'm going to go in. I'm just going to. I'm just going to do my thing. And if they dig it, cool. If they don't, then the gig's probably not for me. But I'm going to. I'm going to do my thing." I said, "Dude, great. That sounds great. Because he's a great drummer. It's like, anyways. So he did it, and I talked to him afterwards. He says, "I felt great. Felt great." And then he, I talked to him after he found out he did not get the gig. I said, well, how does that make you feel? He goes, hey, "I feel good, man. I feel good. I feel like I made some connections. You know, all those different things." But one of the things he said in our exchange about that was it was like 320 interviews. Like I was taking all the things that I've learned being a host to all these different drummers when I was there at the audition, before the audition, interacting with people, you know, all those things I learned. And I'm like, yes, yes, because whether it's like, okay, how to prepare for an audition, how to get your head in the in the game, how to know how to meet people you've never met before, how to not be an asshole, um, because not only are they auditioning your musical and your playing skills, but they're sizing you up. Because at this audition, they were giving every drummer an hour of time. It was not wow. too many, but it wasn't a, a total cattle call. Yeah. would be the that's small a lot of time that's a lot of time for an that, audition that, that's hang interview that's the, what that is it was super hang interview and it was in somebody's house and things were set up in the oh, living room okay. and it was yeah. that kind of thing and it's that kind it was that kind of total was it a jazz thing were you no. saying is this the jazz guy we were talking about earlier yeah. we, we've talked about so much been yeah. here for like 11 hours i'm so sorry that almost sounds more comfortable of an audition process than the cattle call thing. And the cattle call has elements of that. You know, you have to, like, get across your vibe real quick yeah. in that thing. And then in the cattle call thing, they're seeing how you can handle the high-pressure situation. Yeah. And Absolutely. they may pull something out of their ass and see how you react to it. So, I mean, there's there's chances to, to read, you know, read the situation quick. But we all know stories of, like, yeah, so-and-so got the gig. And then two weeks later, they got fired. And they're like, oh. And then the guy that they turned down they said oh 
will you come back out on us with, you know, come back out on the road with us? Dude, that happened to me where like, I know somebody who got the gig. It was between me and this other guy, Mm -hmm. great guitar player. He got the gig. He quit uh, less than six months later. Sure. They called me for the gig. And then the artist decided that they he didn't even want the acoustic... It was an acoustic guitar position. The artist decided he didn't even want the acoustic guitar position the next day. So I I had the, the joy of getting the gig. And then the very next day, the manage, management calls me. He's like, uh, you know, uh, so-and-so yeah. decided... We had a meeting and yada yada. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. But I mean, there's a lot to get across on auditions. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be its own separate podcast as far as that yeah. thing, and it and it gets talked about a lot. So when he went there, it I seems think, like they happen less and less these days. Yes. Oh yeah. And it's, and, it's and, all and you references, figure, and you cut it or you don't, and yeah. they just like mm-hmm. the last audition that I got wasn't an audition it was a somebody saying hey come out you're gonna do this weekend with us you're gonna learn these songs you're gonna sit over there you're gonna play rhythm guitar the artist is gonna point to you you're gonna solo when you start (laughs) singing you're gonna stop soloing yeah we're not gonna do any of this week i'm strongly censoring this person right now (laughs) we're not gonna do any of this week crap rehearsals no you're coming out for a weekend yeah it's it's gonna be by the hair of your ass and uh you know this is that's just how it is and this was a i prefer that i and i would too because that best showcase is what i can do yeah i've never i didn't get the opportunity because the guy who gave me the opportunity the next day got fired was it him it was <laughs> no Lyndon. it was a very similar situation though that, no but it was someone know, you know, know for an about. artist that everyone knows yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was like i was like this would be great i would fit this great i yeah i you know i i know this artist i i met him we talked shop yeah. it was a pleasurable i think that it, i think that would work I was like, that sounds great. I, this is this is my this is my opportunity. I think the point is that each of us could probably think of like ten more of those stories, it, not even necessarily involving ourselves specifically, but other, like you said, oh, you know, sure. it gets talked about a lot. Like it, it does. I think common. I think if it wasn't for this gig, so my my buddy just got gig, the gig with the Wallflowers, and and I think it was okay, one of those gig to have one of those situations me too uh, it was uh basically like Bob just Dylan's kid. hanging out with jacob and just chatting with them and be like cool well we we uh we hit we we start recording next week and we'll see you at the studio oh it's a session well it was audition. a session that turned that into turned into, turned into the tour but maybe yeah. it wasn't jacob it wasn't what an a- ideal situation for somebody Get hired, create great music, go on tour to support it. You make good money. You truly get to put yourself into all the different levels of mm-hmm. the evolution of a of a thing. Yeah, amazing. You That's know, like back like back in the day. You that know? actually <laughs> reminds me of. Uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, before we started uh, rolling or not, but when we had Kurt on, he was talking about auditions uh, with Luke for I think the the um keys position and it was kind of he was like when you're auditioning for that band 
Like, of course, everybody who comes in is just going to be super, super killing. Luke Skywalker? Uh, yeah, exactly. The uh, Skywalker Combs family band. Um, <laughs> Actually, Luke Perry. That's <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Perry, I believe. Um, oh, my bad. But then uh, he was like, you know, like the, the criteria of who was selected for the gig at that point is not even based on necessarily like playing because everybody could play the gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, you know, whoever was the coolest ga- uh, coolest hang and brought like really sick gear, you know, that was kind of mm-hmm. like, do you, I don't know. Do you remember that at all? Him talking about that. It was like some dude to the audition brought like a Hammond B3 and a Leslie and like was a super cool hang. And that was the guy that got the gig. Wow. Well, and that's, Playing keyboards is a hell of a thing because being able to play the shit out of a keyboard and do the gig is not the same thing as being able to purchase, transport, and maintain a vintage Hammond organ and Leslie, yeah. as well as any other sound that you might want from a vintage standpoint, like a Wurlitzer or a Rhodes or a grand piano, like a, or any acoustic piano. This is the gear part kind. of the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, out. that reminds me of Bobby Sparks <laughs> back out. in the day. Dude, in Dallas. Bobby Sparks to this day, even he, with the health problems. No, well, no, no, no. I'm saying like, uh, well, he got the that little red organ since, but I remember back in the day, that dude was bringing a Leslie and a Hammond B3 to bar gigs. The Gazellic, like, bro. <laughs> oh, dude, what was the little... There was, like, not even the Gazellic. There was a smaller club up in Denton that was, like... I mean, it was, like, 50-person capacity. And I saw him oh, bring wow. a, a freaking Hammond one time. It was just, like... And he probably dedication. brought that uh, whammy clav. Uh, that that had not been created for him yet. The thing. So oh, when the guy no, showed... Those, those are old. Those That's not a Bobby oh, Sparks okay. thing. Yeah, I, I, I never saw that. I, I had there. never seen it before Bobby Sparks either, if it makes you feel any better. But I since have seen them in other places, like vintage footage. Of, well, I'll say vintage, like 70s. Okay. So when dude showed up to the first bus call for the Luke Combs thing, did he just show up with his other regular keyboard and they said dude where's the he goes oh no that's that, <laughs> that was, was just, just to get the, the gig yeah. i borrowed that from <laughs> david foster yeah bringing it back to david foster uh, david foster wallace yeah that sounds right i mean so much I, I, I honestly i mean it's just it's been so weird because i feel like now that podcasts are so much more commonplace and the, the long form conversation about anything sure. really uh, is, is, is peeling back and, and demystifying some things that need to be demystified and no, other no. things that um, maybe we wish we knew less about because it, what, what we imagined was greater than actual reality, you know, truth is, well, they say truth is strange. That doesn't reinforce what I'm saying right now, but um <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> pay no attention. To That's that. gonna happen. Pay no, pay, pay no attention we'll, to this we'll guy edit here. That out. I'm kidding. We will. No, yeah, I think it's just. That. I think it's just really fascinating that um, there's a lot of young people that have reached out to me over the years and say, I, "Don't say things like young people." I mean, no, seriously, like 18, 19 year no, like like <laughs> who are getting ready to start for the first time, and like I'm leaving or I'm thinking about going to, and I think I want to do music. Full Say time. children, children, children. Because that's what an eighteen year old is—a fucking oh child. God. I have a child who is nineteen, so yes, very much. Well, a child. and I was a total child as an oh, eighteen, yeah, nineteen year old. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you might be able to 
pin an argument against me now that says I'm more child than adult. But um, I mean, mm-hmm. look at all this crap. I did this. Yeah. What yeah. now? What now, mom and dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. My parents are awesome. <laughs> and that's I'm why so it cracks sorry. me up. You say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's our dad. <laughs> that's only because RK's not on the gig. Because he, he no, gets I would gone. say. Are you talking about Eglin's best? No, I'm talking about. I did. I oh, did, you did that. You did that to him. He knows. He knows who that is, <laughs> and I I do that to him as well. Okay. Okay. Oh, Eglin, only when oh he, my god. Yeah. Only when he says something silly. Which isn't often. Uh, we don't give him a mic for a reason. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah, I don't remember where I was going with all that. but I. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This is long form, bro. Go wherever you want. Yeah. We'll eventually get back to the path. <laughs> I just... I'm I just, serious. <laughs> they left me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we have like access to information. But the, I tell you... Okay, so this is one thing that has always been a constant... Uh, in the conversations that I've had on the podcast since 2015 when we started is like how people are learning music, how people are uh, discovering music. And now I have a 16-year-old that is playing guitar and discovering music, and he's got at his fingertips YouTube, Spotify, and through my making a living as a musician, like every guitar and guitar thing that you can imagine friends are constantly donating strings and cables and you know he gets my old interface when i outgrow it and my old studio speakers when i outgrow it and he's 15 years old That's pretty awesome. at the time he was 15 yeah. and has this, has this amazing studio and he's like you know got kind of a sulking face look on his face you know and i'm like are you kidding me yeah i had a task camp four track so yeah, yeah, suck it Dude, up. Those things were awesome. Hey, I had a Radio Shack cassette recorder that I would put next to the radio, and oh my God, they're playing uh, all of Brain Salad Surgery tonight at seven. And guess right, right, what? Right. I'm recording that on cassette tape. And you're recording it on a cassette out of a speaker from a radio. Yes, high quality. I'm yeah. sure. Dude, uh, uh, um, TDK, nineties, TDK, whatever. Yeah. Totally dead Kennedys. <laughs> I had that on my shoes. Dead Kennedys, butthole surfers. That's very nineties. Pain, painful oh, yeah, discharge. Man. Um, I don't oh. know painful discharge, but I know the, I know I know the butthole surfers. I at least know their mid to late nineties iteration. This totally took a left turn. <laughs> what? What's the name? Or of that? did it? What's the name of We've that? We've come back uh, around full circle at this yeah, point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know that, do you know point. that tune, Pepper, by the Butthole Surfers from the mid to late 90s? No, I didn't know any of this stuff, and this is in the 80s. I don't know anything about the Butthole Surfers other than this that. This was just, one, it was so. cool. And then, of course, like a pentagram. Of? This pentagram on that's it. That's cool. And then, like, you know, That's z- cool. Yours z- says 2112, mine says Time Machine Tour. That's cool. It's, it's, oh, I thought that was a Boston Red Sox jersey. But see, I ordered this on be. I ordered this on Amazon like six months ago. You got that at the concert. That's true. I did. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I did. Speaking of butthole surfers, Rush. I mean, come Speaking on. Speaking of buttholes, <laughs> uh, Boo and I were were watching Trailer Park Boys the other day. Oh like, yeah, two days ago, and yeah. the the uh, episode where they kidnap Alex Lyson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. Hey, play that Diane Sawyer song. <laughs> Best line, man. <laughs> Play that Diane Sawyer song. Uh, a buddy of mine who is from England uh, told he still lives there, uh, but he's also from there. 
he was telling us that uh, they had a cover, like a cover band over there called Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> That's amazing. Jesus I thought Christ. that was pretty good. Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Wow. That always touched a special spot deep within my soul. Uh, there was a band I played with, and uh, the was it Jewel? <laughs> no. <laughs> he played with Jewel one. He played with Jewel one time, and he made the mistake of telling us. And so now we introduce him as either uh, this is Matt Krause on drums. He's the nicest person you'll ever meet, and he knows Jewel. Right. I played one song with Jewel at a songwriter festival. She came back behind the drums and gave me a big hug. It was very nice. Uh, but I, I don't know. It cracks me up because I don't know. I you don't play with a, you've done a lot of very cool stuff, and we don't have to chronologically analyze that or anything. But you play with a lot of very cool uh, artists and done a lot of very cool stuff in your uh, few years in the going, business. Keep going, keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem like it. Honestly, it doesn't seem like it because. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I have no. I have no. Maybe because you're a psychopath. I think. I think. Well, because I'm always nervous about what's next. I'm always like, oh, what's. Do you think that's it? Yeah, I don't know. When I'm driving down Broadway, going, trying to go home, and trying not to get hit by a drunk driver, I'm like, have I done enough? Do I need to do more? I I don't know. Give somebody a ride. Clear the roads. That's true. Just just leave your cart over there. Just leave your scooter over there and no, in. strap them to your cart. Hitch that to your van. Yeah, pull them on home, bro. Yeah. Well, it it's it's been it's been an interesting thing. I was I was telling. I think we were talking today. So today I recorded a podcast with a roundtable of six wonderful drummers who all work down a lot on Broadway, but have had a pretty amazing. Wonderful careers. is debatable. I know some of those guys. <laughs> But I've done some really cool things and are continuing to do lots of lots of really cool things. But the main subject... Yeah, you're playing t- with Julia Roberts now. Pretty woman. <laughs> I know. But why she wants that song at the beginning of every set and at the end of every set is very confusing. This is an achy, breaky heart. You can't open and close with the same fucking song. Um, uh, what's the <laughs> name? It's uh, Julia Roberts and a Fish Called Wanda. Is that the name of the band? At, wow. No, I, I don't think so. Oh. Wow, good joke, Dad. Um, no, so the, hey, the 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 singer, the singer, the singer. He would say, he goes, "We are." See, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. So, like, what's the like? Take a band it's like okay, the, we're all used the to- Thompson Twins. What's the like? What would be like their big hit? The Thompson Twins. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know who the Thompson Twins. Yeah, are. what are you talking about? Oh my God, I I'm the only old person in this room. Am I? No, you're not. Boots? I know who the Olsen Twins, twins are. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't a huge fan. My wife could immediately tell you their entire yeah. catalog. I know who the Nelson Twins are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going back. Uh, um, I know who Gunner is. No. Um, you would know a Thompson Twin song as soon as you heard. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't doubt okay. that. Okay, are we so, are we talking eighties, seventies? Yeah, so like, uh, so this is this is like explaining a joke before the joke gets told. Oh, be yeah, like, it's I can't really wait. not It'll that be funny. Great payoff in the end. It will yeah, be. It will go. be. Uh, Take us for a ride. Uh, okay, think of another one hit wonder. Uh, any, almost any genre. Um, the guy that did uh, "If You Like Pina Coladas." I don't know what his name is, but that's the only hit he had. 
You're gonna have to edit this out. Because I think it was Peter Gabriel. Oh no, this is this is gold. <laughs> Peter, are you talking, are you talking fight, about Jimi Hendrix? I will fight you, man. <laughs> no, I think it was I think it was Petey Gaby. So I have a Peter a, Gabriel playlist that I apparently labeled Petey Gaby one time, <laughs> and I found it yesterday, and it made me laugh. Uh, okay, well, hey, can you look up like uh, Thompson Twins? Yeah. Olsen twins? We can't play it, but we can look it no, up. No, no, we look up like one of their... Okay, okay. Uh, as an example, I don't know why I've chosen Thompson twins, but they're like either. one of the few... Where, well, where that's we just where we're this? at right now. That's <laughs> where we're at. This There's no just, going back. This is our destination. <laughs> is it our final destination? Uh, Who's yeah, no. to say? God, I hope not. Uh, hold me now. Oh, perfect. Hold me now. No. I'm six feet from the edge and I'm thinking... No. Ooh, please help. <laughs> That was a Creed song. I'm sorry. My heart. Drummer. All I know is that I'm sampling that, and it's my it's my bad music for the commercials. Can we can we please fill the rest of the podcast with you guys trying to sing Thompson Twins songs? So seriously, he would come out. He go and and like when we be off the road, anytime we were. In town on a Friday or a Saturday, the stage would be like, come play. Anytime we wanted to. Anytime we were in town. And we'd come out and we'd open up with wing songs or do Billy Joel and do all this stuff. And like anybody over 40 was like, yes! And all the bachelorette parties would clear out. And it was great. That sounds like a great move. (laughs) It was super fun. So we'd open up the show and then we'd do, you know, play like Band on the Run or something like that. And then he'd say, ladies and gentlemen, we are Hold Me Now. We are formerly known as Hold Me Now, a Thompson Twins tribute band, but we haven't gotten a lot of work. So we are now this band. And he, every week, he would change it. And it would be like a, a country artist, like a, a distant country artist yeah. that maybe had like one or two hits, That and he'd say that. or we So are, this guy's doing research for the gig. No, like, it's in his. It's just in it his was, head. It was in. It, oh, I love that. He only had enough room in his brain for music. Everything else, like washing. Uh, oh, he, he just washing one of those myopic parts. kind of people. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes and washing I, your body parts is hard. You are listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Want to take your home cooking to the next level? Need new recipe ideas or meal inspiration? Like, follow, and subscribe to Bobby Jam's Kitchen on YouTube and Instagram. At Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. Um. Yeah, I'm rolling over here. Oh, cool. I was waiting Tombstone. on you to tell me. I, but, I'm uh, now we're rolling. No, there is a place in Tombstone to play. But before we do, I have to say, Thompson Twins, three people. What the fuck? And they're definitely not related. Can there be three twins? Or those guys? I guess we're called triplets. triplets. Yeah, twins. Uh, yeah, man. Texas. Sorry, education. I'm sorry, drum guy. I didn't mean to. Uh, you say drunk on, guy? Dr- yeah, sorry, drunk guy. <laughs> I mean to throw shades on triplets. I know how drummers love triplets. And your paradiddles. Oh, and, Lord. And your Cheez Its and your Hertas and all oh, those. Oh, no, that's not me, man. That came afterwards. Cheez Its and the, all that shit, man. I don't know anything about that. 
Can't you tell? You play with me. You know I don't know anything about Man, that. Man, that's fair. That's fair. And last night, you were like, so-and-so was, you know, Man, drum it. You got to play, play some fills. You know, this meat and potato. These meat and potatoes. And you're like, fuck yeah. I, I like guys. I'm like, what? I, I'm so, I, then I have to apologize. I don't play like that. I don't play. I like guys who play a lot of different ways. Oh. Like I, this? I like, yeah. I like, yeah. Uh, over, under, over, under, under, over. Match grip. Traditional. Traditional. Yeah. Uh, French grip. In this French grip. <laughs> In this French grip. <laughs> I think that's yeah. That's, no, no, I'm sorry. This is French grip. <laughs> that's right. No, that's that's shake it for me. That's country girl. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's code for sh- shake it for me. Uh, that's the shake weight. Uh, that's the um, what's his name? Shake weight. Uh, yeah, song. Uh, We'd like to thank all our sponsors. Bad. Oh my gosh, yeah. We'd like to thank especially Bobby, Bobby Jam's, Jam's Kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> the one that is they're stuck definitely with, dropping us stuck at this with point. you thick and thin. Yeah, I just got a letter from Bobby, and uh, it's not looking good. But um, I do want to talk to you about your podcast specifically because yeah. we haven't really touched. I mean, we've alluded to it, and we have mentioned it by name: Working Drummer Podcast, Working Drummer Podcast, Working Drummer Podcast. <laughs> but um, you've been doing it since 2015, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's... January of 2015 wow. was the first episode with uh, David Black. Oh yeah, Dave. Yeah. Super Mr. talented, Mr. Black. Also, good good planning. Starting something in January, easy to account for how long you've been doing it without doing too much math. Going back full circle to what we were talking about before about like, oh, we should do this, we should do that, and uh, make sure it's right. And so, what what having a somebody to work with, having a creative to bounce ideas off of people of different talents that can bring something to the table. My buddy Mike was that guy. We I wanted to come up with something that we could work to work together with. I was this the guy the, that you first started Yeah, yeah. With? Okay. And you know, we grew up together. We played in bands together. He moved to Nashville. He wasn't really available to do some of the work musically that I was doing together, so I'm like, let's do a podcast. And it came from like feeling disconnected from the drumming community that I used to know when I worked some retail in town, but I was on the road constantly. So that's kind of the, the long and the short of it. And and I said, okay, and we're sitting in Starbucks. What are we going to call it? What kind of graphic are we going to do? Who do we get? And I'm like, oh, I know. And I start texting like David Black, Nick Buda, Keo Stroud. Um, just all, the, all the Nashville drum homies. Nashville drum homies that I have known forever. And he's like, wait, we don't even have a name yet. I said, fuck it. Doesn't matter. No, we're going to get. If you don't have any guests, you don't need a name. Yeah, we need to get started. And so I think that his kind of order, my disorder. Exactly just, backwards of how I did it, by the way. That. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is. is I know. I'm sorry. It's like I didn't have a big plan, but what I had is had had an idea and what I wanted to do. And without concerning myself with the details, not making it not my responsibility it was still my responsibility you had a vision but you were willing to like get there because everything and, and show the progress what, I, what i'm trying to get across is you can't wait for everything to like just be perfect just to just to get going because even if i had all the stars were aligned and i had you know you know fucking steve gad as my first guess it would fall on maybe 10 ears totally what uh i i, I understand what you're saying and devil's advocate, yeah, like 
2015. You have to start the art at, at, at a certain point. You have to. Yeah. But I don't personally see anything wrong with setting a level of expectation of for where it needs to start. Well, I think also, though, Rob, you and I, I mean, we, we started filming lessons before we did this. Well, exactly. So we had, I mean, and that was almost a full year of me and Rob meeting once, maybe twice a week filming stuff, learning how to use the cameras, learning how to record audio. Learning I mean, it's, a bunch it, of different it, oh, no computer doubt, languages. No <laughs> still like this huge <laughs> and, and room for improvement. Keep in mind, this is just one example yeah, yeah. You know, of that. And what we were doing was we wanted to produce an audio podcast. I had, first of all, surrounded myself, say one person, but still with this, somebody with the technical prowess to yeah. get me there, to get me on iTunes, to make sure that I was using the mic the, the the you know the microphone the right way and all this stuff that i i mean i was so green when it came to recording but once and he was there to help me get going and and get started and yeah. for you know a good solid couple years was my tech guru but always learning as i went along so that when it was time for him to hand the reins over and say okay you're good to go young padawan here's here's the skill set star I, wars references yeah i know yeah. then you then you can go 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 from here so i don't know i'm just uh, uh, i i know i've had so many uh, it's people it's a fine that, line i have so many people that i love that have talent and and have something that the world needs to know about that have just held it down inside so i'm but like can i can i devil's advocate you yeah, again can, there yeah, yeah. so like what if they are really good and what if they're forever held held back? <laughs> what if they're forever held Slow back down. because speed up? Because maybe that's as much as they have to offer. Yeah. Your garland showing, man. I, I wore a longer shirt. Um. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not in because. Right. I wonder, and, and not that not that it has to do with talent. Maybe it just has to do with general universe vibes that they put out and yeah. reaping what you sow no, to a certain extent. That's a very real you thing. Know? That's a very real thing, and I want to respect that uh, for sure. But at However same, you want to look at it or call it religion uh, or I, I, whatever. And, and, and I think I'm projecting about something personal. So like if somebody, if whoever's hearing this is, is, is thinking, I really want to do this, I really want to get it out there. I really want to, for people to hear what I have or see what I have. Just get going. But if you're just like, I don't know, this is for me, you know, this is my thing, then yeah, don't worry about that. I mean, I mean, we live in such a commercialized, we live in a society that is, that runs on commerce. And and I encourage anybody that's just frustrated with the combination of how art and music is driven by commerce in the current state of affairs in which it is and young people growing up and like seeing everything online and curated it's really perfect. a world of algorithms is what it is well it's 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 as, as driven out as a recent guest i had blake fleming who's a badass drummer who played with some of the heaviest bands out of new york like where he was rated his band was rated like heaviest band of the 1990s beat out so many different is bands. that what it said on yelp or <laughs> no before you and oh, okay. uh, he he's like what I'm, you see what you see online what you see in these short five ten second clips it's porn it's not sex 
you know, it's all been whittled down. It, it, he goes, I see this great drummer on there that is doing all this cool, crazy ass shit. And I'm like, wow, neat. And then it's gone. And I'm like, I feel empty. Like, what was that? Like, I want to, I want to see, I want to go. You want the arc? Yeah, I want to, exactly. I want to see the pain. I want to see the struggle. And he long, is. You like long form art. Exactly. He's he's like he's around he's around my age and so he came up in the 80s when there were all these bands that like you you had this gatekeeper that was the record label and they were like okay no this is the band and 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 you play on this huge stage and then there's this gap and then there's the audience and you have this big ass drum set and you have this crazy stack of things and he's going, fuck you, motherfucker. I got a $50 guitar and I got something to say. And that's when all of a sudden at 15, he joined this uh, band and he's like, punk rock, this is it. This is what I need to do. And that's where his that's where his mindset was. And that's where his journey let, let him. But when he was telling me this, I'm like, it resonated so much. Because what what is it about that I'm seeing that I'm seeing all these great drummers, not any particular, all ages, all styles, and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. It it might be funky. It might not. I'm not really sure. Sh- I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know. Why do I not give a shit about what I'm seeing? Context is huge for groove. Is it not? Yeah. But I mean, more yeah, than a, just a groove. Groove isn't something that you do for but 60 art, seconds. But art, but music, but, but just like, like what, what? Like what is okay? So I see something online. I see something on, uh, and I'm I'm going. Well, what what am I what am I looking at now? And okay, so now am I supposed to like dig deeper and go find this person's playlist and what records they're on? And well, I mean that's that's one thing to do, but like also there's something to like being able to achieve some sort of vision and and those scaled down parameters of. Uh, today's TikTok and yeah. uh, the the Instagram feed format where they show you like uh, you know a, a second amount of whatever reel that you you, you could put on there that's ten minutes long. I mean you 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 have the you have length options these days in the Instagram yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Instagram is the uh, Instagram and YouTube are the best platforms to date i think for expressions of art whether it's uh visual or audio oral however you want to look at it uh or you know any combination of those things because they've expanded it to where you can do the reels which is like full thing you can go live and you can take that live and you can save it and make a little icon in the top of your instagram for anybody to go back yeah and see if you like let's say you you went live on your iphone at a jazz trio gig and it just happened to like sound decent with a whatever and you wanted to put it up there for whatever reason i'm just saying the 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 opportunities and the options for presenting your art yeah yeah are as right. good as they have ever ever been yeah as good as they've ever been to for the to you know the damnation of s- certain aspects of the industry but to the benefit of so many other artists yeah i mean really the yeah. the only person that's really getting hurt are people who are established and uh you know supported by the 
the larger the organ- current model, the the current the the, the old model that which is a lot that, of my friends right, and right, like right. and I don't want bad for them, you know. No, so in in some ways, what you're saying is what Blake was re- rebelling against in the '80s is now supported because he was rebelling against these larger record labels, these quote unquote gatekeepers that were saying, "No, this band you will hear on the radio, that band you will not." So you're talking the radio about, still works like that though, currently. You're, but you're talking about. Clear Channel. So Clear Channel was a monopoly of radio stations mm-hmm. that was kind of the height of Paola, right? Right, right, right. Um, and Which what is illegal, happened, by the way. What happened with streaming <laughs> That's true um, about that. is that it broke the monopoly, right? But there's always... Yeah. Hold on. Because of the system of where is we live... Is that Schoenberg's Theory of Harmony? No. Oh. It's it's Daniel Passman. I read this in music business class. <laughs> now, there's Paola's in here. Go on. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just saying I don't like know which book that streaming is. streaming broke that model, but there's always the, oh, okay. somebody that's going to kind kind of try and capitalize on it, right? So like now you have tastemakers like Spotify editor or like for playlists. Yeah. John Marks, you know, great example of that. I don't know the, who that is. He's that? basically the guy who makes Carl the, Marx's brother. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think it's M A R K S. He makes the Worth it setting the mic up. <laughs> He's he does uh like Spotify playlists. He kind of decides in Nashville for like the country stuff who gets on which playlist. Yeah. For a lot of the bigger ones. So people like that. Unfortunately, but like, the camera wasn't recording. <laughs> oh yeah, I was wondering about that. But you know what I'm saying? Like I think that it has Memory changed. Cool. And also, I was looking up kind of back to what you were saying before, um, with like between long form and short form art, uh. I want to say it's called familiarity bias. bias. It's like uh, the psychological tendency to have a preference towards something that you have more exposure to, which mm. links in with the Paola thing. Like you have, you hear a song on the radio. That 10 just times sounds a like day. the human condition. But you, but it sounds like I, McDonald's I'm to me, it's, man. It's like the tendency is the same, but it's a different <laughs> means. Right? Hey, foodies. Yo, <laughs> pop music, McDonald's. Hey, you tell me the difference. I don't know, book boy. You tell us. <laughs> what Mc- book is this again? It's uh, Daniel Passman's. Th- All you need to know about the music business. Yeah, it's like a thirty-five-year-old book or so. But we're afraid to ask. That's why I read it in college because it was thirty-five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt's only like seventy-six or so. I don't. Yeah. You're basically David Letterman. You're 76, and he's got a 17-year-old son. I don't lie about my age on the way down. I lie on the way up. How are you? I'm 65. Damn, you look good. Because if you like lied and say, oh, I'm 30, like, oh, fuck, man. Lay off the jack. Well, we were talking about that one particular uh, person earlier where I was like, oh, my God, he's only that old? And you're like, yeah. I was like... I would have guessed a solid 15 years, 10 to 15 years older, based on uh, general disposition and... Uh, There's a lot to be said for that. Skin condition. <laughs> under these lights? What the fuck? <laughs> well, no, I didn't put that person under these lights. That just just running not, through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> You are this old. Can you we make this? a call? Security. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Oh, good. I, I no More I, work for me. I... I <laughs> No, I think what's really interesting is like what we were saying is like there's just this complete disconnect in in art that that drove uh, Blake in the 80s to go down a different path and like more art 
more you know indie music and stuff like that than than and for those of us that like kind of grew up in the 80s and then just all the just the sea change in the 90s that i almost see like this parallels between what happened in music in the 90s with like what happened in the 60s you know and just all and and a couple like just seminal bands that changed the landscape of you know we're talking about you know rock and you know pop and stuff like that um but now where we're at not in ragtime <laughs> not the state of ragtime or what was going on in uh butte uh or anything like that who played bass clarinet in your last band <laughs> he, i can't remember it, i can't remember it was, <laughs> it was that long ago <laughs> but <then laughs> it's so hard to find a good bass clarinet player these days <laughs> not in nashville though hey you know you know the, who the best one is you do <laughs> Too. Really? Did? Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. Rob Music. Marcus Miller. Oh, wow. He plays bass clarinet on no every way. record. Every record. I'm serious. Every record he records. It's, it's mixed, he does a bass yeah, clarinet yeah, part yeah, on. Yeah. Exile on Main Street. Probably because it's, it's a really use it low. Or, it's mixed a, very low. It's a use it or lose it kind of an instrument, I, I think. <laughs> um, but I I don't know, man. I, I, I It's. Can you play a bass clarinet? No, man, I don't even. Dude, I actually really. I don't know. I've never tried my favorite instruments. Any woodwind instrument that is played by someone with like true dedication to the craft. The problem with woodwind instruments is not learning how to speak the language. It's about speaking the language and achieving a a decent tone from a fairly unforgiving instrument. Dude, that Eric Dolphy shit. Have you ever listened to him? I don't know. But uh, how does TikTok? I mean, how do you get Eric shit? Dolph Lundgren? How do you get your Eric shit out Dolphy there? Eric Dolphy Lundgren? Is that who you're talking about? How, how, do, how do these guys get work, you know? I don't think they do. I mean, Marcus Miller had to learn a whole other instrument. Yeah. He plays bass now. Maybe you've heard of him. I'll put a link to Marcus Miller okay. in the description. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview him. For so we've had, you know, we've had, okay, going back to the podcast, I don't know how much time we have on, on We have thing. as much time as you want because we have infinity things. Well, Okay, so uh, can you count that high? Uh, I can't. No, I count the four, and that's it. Everybody knows that. Um, I heard you could count to seven. Yeah, the Nashville seven. Yeah, one, two, two three, three, four, five, five six, six, seven. seven. One. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Thank that, you. Good played that joke on uh, New York drummer. I just, was, I just wanted to align with you in a dad wavelength for just a moment. <laughs> I, I can't do the wink. All right, say whatever you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> We've had non-drummers on the podcast before. We've had engineers. It wasn't me. Where's my invite? We've had guitar players, a couple bass players, um, physical therapists. <laughs> that's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, I, that, yeah that's cool. I've had to have him That's like there. legit uh, life-changing, potentially conversation for people who have problems and haven't given it any consideration or people just from that school of being where it's like whatever happens to you you deal with it and then you die yeah like country ass folk is like yeah i'm lost feeling in my left leg about six years ago i've just been i tied a stick to and i've just been hobbling around you know yeah we live amongst some very uh diverse individuals here in nashville from the countryest to the cityest and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, there i love it i love it man both ends of both extremes 
uh i'm entertained are willing by to overlook constantly. a great many things yeah, yeah. out of uh unwillingness to when i moved down here in 2000 from columbus uh, you know people are like dude like by the way south of the mason dixon i I forever hate columbus you you told me about this one yeah yeah it just was it you just ate the wrong thing no 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 no, no. No, i was actually being serious because being a, a dfw boy uh it took one of the it took the dallas fort worth guitar hero from us geographically so your shame comes from geographical i I love that you you mentioned columbus like one time in this podcast and then rob was like let me tell you how much i hate it no i announced him as being from columbus i know where he's from he's the he's the literal best export columbus has ever produced (laughs) oh i don't know man what about eddie george yeah exactly case in point What's Eddie George doing today? Oh, that's right. Nothing. You know what you're doing? Two podcasts and probably a gig. <laughs> I don't even know. I haven't checked my phone in the last five minutes. Well, Post, can we talk about this? Post-COVID, like things, the floodgates. Holy shit. Touring. Boo, what are you doing over there? Just hanging out, man. He's getting that, man. Stroking. Uh, stroke me, stroke me. Oh, so you know that so, song? That goes That's older than right? Thompson Twins. Okay, well, I don't. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I, you could tell me that the Thompson Twins sang that, and I would have to agree because I got no idea who sang it. Okay. <laughs> who was it? Billy Eilish. I think you're referring to the Thompson Triplets. Yes, the unrelated, the Thompson, uh, their drum the, project, the, the Three Thompson Friends, I believe, is their I think original it was two name. Two sets of twins, and one died. <laughs> I'll go ahead and set that straight for you guys. Good, good, good. Well, the, yeah. From what I understand, the wrong kid died. The original, the original band name of that. Actually, this is trivia. It was uh, the Crystal Methodists, um, but they had to change it. Oh, that was trivia, not the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the biggest asshole ever? I just can't help myself. I feel like it's funny, and then Can I say it, and I'm like, no, that's not funny. You're just a dick. <laughs> But maybe, maybe your girl knows. Uh, she knows. Well, no, she doesn't know. Otherwise, she wouldn't be here. As 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 if I were on Facebook, I would say she ain't no. But who's on Facebook? Well, I'm still on Facebook. If I didn't have the podcast, I probably People wouldn't be on Facebook. People my age and older are on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously. My neighbors over here, they're like total age of like 150 probably. And they're oh, I might very know Facebook. <laughs> We probably went to high school together. <laughs> they probably know the Thompson Twins. See, they would know the Thompson Twins. Boo, what are you helicoptering over there? Just my little personal fan. It, lo- it looks like a ro- Crown Royal bag. I don't know what it is. There's two of them over here, though. I haven't quite figured out what they are. Oh, like like a neoprene. Oh, they're, green... they are curtain binds. Ah, perfect. Man, you have everything in this studio. Everything, bro. You need to mic up a a, a, a couple of different angles on a curtain bind. I got you, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is gear and beer, man. That's it, right? So let's get. So two things I know very so little about. Any, did you bring any drums and uh, like hardware and gear with you? <laughs> no, like what? Guys, hey, actually, you know what you okay. did bring? That's awesome. You brought me uh, a cigar, which is awesome. This whole process has taken a very long time, so I don't see us smoking one afterwards. 
But uh, we should smoke one soon. But you brought me a cigar, and you brought me an LP. You brought me uh, Return to Forever. Was it, was it Romantic Warriors? That was your yeah. Point? Yeah. I was obviously not alive when they first existed, but I saw them in 2009, I believe, with my buddy Kevin Sneerly. We sat ninth row in this theater. Mm. Al Demiola played the first three songs. Him and Chick Corea got in some sort of argument, and then he went and sat on the side of the stage for the rest of the show and did not play. I mean, the rumors are that Al's a giant asshole. Well, I don't. He get it looked that, like a giant asshole, really? and we'll put a link to him. Chick Corea, <laughs> Chick Corea Trio. Yeah, thank we you. Will. Now, okay, perfect. Chick Corea Trio proceeded to murder for the rest of the show. By the way, and like. Not only so they they took a break and the break was Chick Corea like solo piano huh. and then Stanley Clark and Lenny White came back yeah. and they just played trio another set of trio Return to Forever music just reimagined without uh, yeah. Princess Al on the side of the stage who is who is in plain sight he's in sight he's sitting in a chair on the side of the stage dear Lord I'm glad I gained you down way yeah I was you know as a like, podcaster. For the last six years, as soon as he was doing that, I was like, did you? Yeah. I've been gaining you guys That's down the whole time, but yeah. particularly, I got to ride the fader well, on, uh, on I, Rob. I also tried to look this way when I was yelling. <laughs> yeah. but. No, That's, good job. I'm good monitoring good in my time. ears. Thank I don't you. know if you guys noticed, but uh, I've got I've got these ears, and I can hear her. Do you know you know his, his name? His nickname is, is Loud Rob. That's what one of the Everybody that's what knows that. Taylor calls me at I mean, second fiddle. I feel like I just innately knew it. Yeah, I know, I know. This, the, I that's like the myself. thing that's like, you know, Abe Bogota is passed away. You're like, how did I already know that? It's one of are those you, things. Are you wishing death on me? No, no, no. I'm just... just. <laughs> no, we're saying... It, this podcast uh, has taken a turn. Yeah. Being loud is, in, is as intrinsic to you as death is to the human condition. condition. That's fair. I was yeah. telling someone, and I don't remember who the other day, I, my grandfather was a, a bluegrass singer and guitar player. We were talking about... He was always in search of a guitar that would be as loud as him <laughs> because he was so loud. And, like, if you think I'm loud, that dude was way louder than me. He was, like, supersized me. He was, like, 6'3", six, 6'2", six, wow. built basically the same. He was very country, like, Bill Monroe kind of, like, yeah. authentic bluegrass voice that's amazing it was actually that. amazing All and right. the craziest thing is my grandpa and billy's mom have done like gigs together for where we come from billy freeman whom was mm-hmm. on your podcast earlier our all of our he's been on he was on early in the show working drummer podcast go to the search type in billy freeman yeah there will be links to uh and then, do you have a link tree uh i have a no Okay, well, I'll, the, all the links to anywhere you can find his podcast will will be available. We're a member in the description. of the, we're a member of the Drum Click. This we just joined this whole I, new thing. One thing that I'm thing. trying to do, and London yeah. is making notes for me when we bring up stuff that I say. I am. I'll I've link. got. I've got all the. I, I try to put all the links just to like uh, you know whatever's going on. Signature guitars, uh, recent album releases podcast feeds like whatever yeah, yeah, so yeah yeah i i want to send any anyone well, and everyone 
It's well, it, and this that is way. and this. I mean, it's been such a great thing. All thirteen of my dedicated listeners. Well, whatever. I'll tell you, man. There's some things about producing a podcast that is just kind of hard to. You can't quantify in, in in the simplest of terms. It's 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 a blast. I've learned an insane amount from it. Just hosting it. I mean, you can learn a lot just from listening and, you, you know, just being a passive listener or whatever. I mean, there's right. all, and we encourage that, but, but producing it, creating something, something to call your, something to call your own, uh, interacting with people, building community. Um, I've just learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about my playing. It, I it's felt, very self-reflective. I felt more confident and I know we're running short on time, but I'll tell you this. One of the things that, that has been one of the most beneficial is that a lot of us, when we're kind of in this environment, so just to kind of give you some context here, I saw my son for the first time in a couple of days. He's been at guitar camp for uh, a couple of days. Guitar camp sounds awesome. At, at Belmont. Yeah, yeah. He's loving it. And uh, so we, we, we sat for a few minutes. How old is this son? 16. 16. Okay. We sat for, so uh, every, think, about, think about that. 14 to 17-year-olds all coming to guitar camp from all over the country here at Belmont. He's in the thick of it. He knows that he's in the epicenter of music world and guitar players and musicians. That's really Mc, cool, man. I wonder man. if McPhail's involved in that. Cause he's on he may be. Guitar faculty What's his first Bell? name? Yeah. Adam? Adam McPhail. No, one's named Mike and the other is uh, Paolo. Okay. Pretty Brazil. daunting name phonetically for a teacher. McPhail? McPhail. Yeah, that is, oh my God. Uh, Good point. Sorry. Yeah, that's like my dad got a driver, a speeding uh, ticket from a Sergeant Lawless. Um, anyways, so uh, he, we're chatting, we're chatting this afternoon. I'm like, tell me all about it. Tell me, this. you know, uh, well, you know, he, it's it's cool. Um, there's a lot of people just like wanting to just show off. You know, it's like, uh, a, and he, and I love it. And he goes like, it's like a pissing contest. And I'm like, well, it's kind of guitar players. Yeah, First welcome, of all, welcome to be a guitar player. Yeah. No, I must push back. Nope. I must push back. Because drummers behave just the same way. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Maybe, but they're rarely in the room together. That's true. That's we have that out. Thing. Yeah. Maybe if that's, we could uh, that, easily. That's true because there are. More, we don't have to work together. That's why we get along so yeah. well. There are so few good drummers that the shitty ones get to work. I'm sorry. Carry on. Case in point. Um, <laughs> some even start their own podcasts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but 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 I was like, yeah, that's interesting, and 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 I said, and this is a good time to kind of learn to that competitiveness can inspire and kind of kind of force you to push yourself. Uh, but at the same time, to come to terms with where you're at is really healthy, and it will help you as a musician. It will help you as an individual. I said, and I told him, I said, listen, before I started the podcast, I had people that I was friends with, that I knew, my peers, but a lot of us were fighting for the same gig, and some of us lost gigs to each other, and some of it That's seemed, a very real part of this business. It seemed very personal, and it's like... And, you know, some of these people, like, I was always nice to, we had coffee together, I helped some people move, and deep down inside, I'm like, fuck you, you took my gig, or or, or you're doing better than I am, or so it seems. The you're doing better than I am is, is very real, but I, I don't think I identify with a you took my gig, because I either earned it or I didn't, 
You know what I mean? It's no, of course. It's one thing if you get the opportunity. It's another thing to not get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, if you get the opportunity and you don't land it, like you know, that's a, right, right. So that's just what it it's, is. It's you know, just being just throwing, so long as you throw, do what you're supposed to do, throwing that out confident. there. But but see, but, but what my point is, like, what I was feeling just was affected me who i was you know like it just it was it was it, it was depressing it was just I, I wasn't depressed but it was it was overwhelming and it wasn't helping me become a better musician and a, a better person better husband better father um by having to compartmentalize all that and take the bandwidth to to deal with those feelings uh living in in such an amazing town to go from a lot of people go from their big fish in a small pond right. to the small fish in a big pond and how do you contend with that and and it's like in some ways you can live in a place like nashville and like just be content with the fact that well at least i'm not so and so you know so sure. I'm never going to be greg morrow so why try and but but how can i be the best i can so when i had some of these people that I felt very competitive with and just like at odds with myself, my own feelings about those kinds of relationships. It felt so good to say, you know what? Come over to my house. Come here. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about these things. Let's talk about your your career, what you did, um, your struggles. And the one thing I learned is that they have the same issues, insecurities, successes, failures, arc of career that I had and I'm like wow it's like they're they're in some ways they're a lot like me and in other ways in certain areas of life it wasn't like ha I'm doing better than you in this part of my life it wasn't that I wasn't keeping score sure but it, but at the end of the conversation at the end of our time together I felt closer to these people and some of them I had known for years and some of them I had never met before but they were in the community and I felt like, all right, I know my place. I know where I can learn. I know where I can grow. And I still feel like a kid, you know? And it's like, because when you're a kid, everything seems possible. And you're learning so fast. And everything you do, every time you sit down to practice, you've grown exponentially. And that kind of starts to plateau. And then everything else starts to interrupt that, whether it's other life responsibilities and your own brain fucking with you. And that I was able to jettison and just be able to open my thoughts and ideas and world to other people. Even if it's Todd Zuckerman from Styx, he could tell me about things that he struggled with and where he went and how hard he worked. And I'm like, All right, now I'm a, a, a bigger fan. Now I know that if I work harder, I can become better. And well, that's kind of the beauty of the the, the medium. You're it's just, it's essentially whatever. If you're listening to a pod, a, any kind of a podcast, regardless of what it's about, if it's a conversation between people, all you're doing is really shining light into the shadows of whatever the subject is, because of the the time spent delving into it, whether it's just that person's character mm -hmm. or the nature of a particular business or uh, a thought process and going about changing your life in some way, if it's like yeah. a self-help podcast or yeah. like wh whatever it is, like, that's the beauty of the medium to me. It's yeah. because you can take, you can take something away and what, whether that's just from someone like you or I who like mm -hmm. came up with a, a thing and we're 
trying to do it or you're someone that's uh listening or consuming or watching what you yeah. know whatever it yeah. is yeah it it's it you know uh, the general goal i think of the podcast is to enlighten to a certain extent enlighten in the sense that i feel like it humanizes so much yeah. more of the process that we failed to see when we we're younger or we failed to see when we're uh, when we know less about what's behind the scenes, because people that were always like, oh, man, that person's unreachable or they're doing this and they're doing that. And their life is so much better than mine. have dealt with everything from depression, suicide attempt, uh, addiction, um, being fired from gigs. And you're just like, what? You? How? Like that? No, there's no way. Or, or divorce. Or I mean, th- there's been I mean, seriously. Every uh, my guests have covered all those things to the point Greatness where it comes with a cost for one way or the other. Right. To the point where I've gotten messages and, and emails and from from listeners and say, I, I had a guy I had a guy uh, from Australia email me and said, I attempted suicide nine years ago. My current wife and my child know nothing about it. But your interview with so and so when you guys talked about that what meant so much to me because I feel more peace about this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck. Well, then my work is done, you know, and just... You helped someone. Exactly. You shined a light into the shadow. And and the other thing where I feel like the, the podcast was amazing as early on, so the Nashville Drummer Jam, that I don't know where it's at right now, but they find a drummer like Neil to do a tribute to, and one of their shows was to Alex Van Halen. And at the time... I was at that one, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the podcast was trucking along after about maybe a year or so. And uh, I was working closely with some of those guys and interviewing a lot of the people. We were doing some short videos leading up to that tribute. And I said, uh, so my wife works for a nonprofit that helps people living on the streets. If there's... Because they always donate to a nonprofit of the artist choosing... That's cool. And it's called Open Table Nashville. And uh, if, if if just in passing, if you mention to, to Alex, and he goes, oh, yeah, we, we for sure will. I mentioned my wife. She's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Alex Van Halen. Is, yeah, yeah, whatever. She knows. Don't count your chickens. And uh, so fast forward, he ends up choosing Open Table Nashville as the, the, the nonprofit to donate to for any of the proceeds, any of the extra money that the show makes. And then also, he donates $10,000. That's dope. And his management goes, oh, we'll do it too. They donated another $10,000. So in Hell that... yeah, AVH. That's dope. Yeah. And so... And in DJ to, to that extent, I guess, as well. So she goes... She goes into work. So, guys, my husband mentioned through the podcast and is interviewing the guys for the, and they're doing it. And he's got the $20,000 from Van Halen. And and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so, you know, and I mean, we're talking about a nonprofit. Like, that's huge. That's, that's, that helps a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And continues to do so. And uh, she's like, you were like, you were like a fucking hero at our meeting today. It was great. And then, so then for like months after that, did you mention that I got them twenty thousand? <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But like it, as a as a thing, it's like this. Not sure. And, then, and luckily, that happened early on because it was like I don't know what we're doing with this, or it just becomes something beyond Even what if you expect. In my experience, like. 
and I still think I'm figuring out what this is. Yeah. But like, it isn't what I thought it would be. It never is. And it's not what it's going to be. I don't think either. It never is. <laughs> and, <laughs> <just> keep saying. <laughs> and it's not what it could be. And it never is. And it never is. And it never is. Well, good night. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Kraus, Columbus, Ohio's pride export. <laughs> right. Working Minus drummer podcast fame. You can find links in the description. Um, he's probably on social media, and I will find those links, and that will be on the description. Uh, you can find him uh, most Mondays alongside me at yeah, the stage in Nashville from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Rocking some Barracuda. Uh, we play the... Uh, you know what? We honestly, we play the shit out of Last that night was probably the best. I was choking on some food that I was eating. Oh, that's uh, good. No, you know what's, you know what's really seriously, good? Seriously. Last very, night's it's great. It's very professional to eat on the gig. I eat on the gig constantly. It's actually the most professional. Constantly. I cannot, go, I cannot go 40 minutes without I'm about to say, energizing myself. I'm surprised you don't look a little more like me as much as I see you eating things at all times. I'm surprised that you haven't eaten a taco in this podcast. We've been doing it for almost two hours. I snack a little bit, but you know. See, you I snack. Really... I am a snack. That's the difference. <laughs> You're the whole meal, Robert. Hello. I'm a snack <laughs> with two C's. Boom Assy. Yeah, Boom Assy. I'm here. Guy on the couch duty. Uh, I think, I think, Boo, I just want, let's just review his performance. I thought he was great. Oh. I said upwards yeah. of eight words, by the way. It was That's going to be the name of the next band, Couch Duty. Couch duty. That is, uh, th- that's what most of my music has sounded like to this point. Duty. I'm trying to think of Daniel Radcliffe's new podcast. Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, yeah. Has a new podcast. Oh, yeah. What's the new? Now it's just, it's just uh, yeah. kind of With trailing. Snoop? No, 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 no. He was it's just on Conan Harry Potsmoker, uh, yes, yes, and they yeah. talked about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a I, great, I it's a great remember. name. And it's oh, is it it's, Harry uh, Potsmoker? No, um, it's something stunts. Oh man! It, but it's also got stunt hair. No, 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 no. It has oh, it has oh. the yeah. Uh, <laughs> stunt. Oh, oh, cunning stunts. Cunning stunts. That's it. And it's with a his stunt his stunt double from. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter one through four. Harry Potter and the guy. The guy was paralyzed in an accident yeah. on set. Yeah, but he remained Daniel Radcliffe's yeah. like one of his closest friends. Cunning do, stunts. Yeah, cunning stunts. It's only with stunt people. And gets into life. That seems like a pretty niche thing. Extremely. Dan, I've heard him on many things. I couldn't get into Harry Potter, but I'm, me but probably just because I'm grown well, up. The other interesting thing is that <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is actually kind of plays Nothing the, supports that argument. Daniel Radcliffe's like the engineer producer on yeah. the podcast, right? Like, he doesn't really talk much. He said so, anyway. Oh, oh well, then I might be interested. Yeah. He I, actually, he is funny and smart. And yeah. Stuff like that. He's great. Yeah, unlike some podcasters. Uh... <laughs> That was obvious. that was an obvious Bill Burt podcast reference. Sure, whatever you say. Walking the floor with Chris Shiflett. Is that what you were talking about just then? Oh, okay. Oh, you don't like Chris Shiflett? No, Matt's the one talking shit. What? You did? Did you hear what he just said? Unlike some podcasters, he was clearly taking a dig at. Clearly, he was clearly taking a dig at everyone loves guitar. 
Well, <laughs> I'm just like I'm literally just picking names of podcasts that I can You know come what? Up can with. we can we play a game where we interview you like we're on Everyone Loves Guitar? No. <laughs> we can't. I own a guitar. Uh, yeah, me too. A couple of them. I actually love that podcast. I uh appreciate you being here, yeah, sir. Man. Um Oh wait, are we done? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we're done. I've heard enough. <laughs> I've heard enough from uh, the peanut gallery over here. Uh, thanks to Linda McCarty, twisting and tweaking. We got Boo Massey yeah, guy on the couch duty. That's a new. That's a new thing that will either continue or not. And um, I actually love that. Our guest Fingers is crossed. Matt Krause. Cheers, me. T- Cheers uh, me. Mark Letary would want me to say toast. Uh, toast me with your empty beer, which is what I did at the beginning of podcast number four. Toast of London. Yeah, toast of uh, toast of the town. You're the toast yeah. of the town, man. Thank you for coming through. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, everybody listen to his podcast. It's really good. He's got a co-host, and his name is Zach. Alberta. Zach Alberta. Uh, they do great work. They're both very journalistic, so if learning more about the ins and outs of being a drummer and working in the music industry is something that interests you. I highly recommend the listen. I've listened to many podcasts of theirs and they're all excellent. And, uh, as you know, I am always right. So until next time, uh, stay, stay practicing and keep jamming and we'll see, you. follow us and follow him and bye. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Stay in kids. <laughs> Thank you, Norelco. <laughs> Ow. Thank you for listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Make sure and subscribe and turn on notifications for our channels. And if you haven't already, follow our Instagram and YouTube channels. We truly appreciate your support and ask that you please tell anyone you know whom you think might be interested in our podcast about gear and beer to help us grow and continue bringing in great guests from around the industry and beyond. Thanks again, and until the next episode.